What's up, everybody? Welcome to Crypto with Coop. I'm Coop, and this is the spot for fun, informative conversations with influential people in the crypto space. And today, I've got a fantastic one for you. I'm talking to W. Sean Ford. Sean is the new CEO of Algorand Inc. Algorand Inc. is the technology company behind the development of the Algorand blockchain. And we talk about it all, folks. We talk about the technical upgrades happening right now, including state proofs and up to 6,000 transactions per second. We talk about the FIFA partnership, CBDCs, marketing, government and institutional adoption, and so much more. Sean answers all my questions. He's fantastic. And I think you're really going to enjoy it. So without further ado, here is my conversation with W. Sean Ford, the CEO at Algorand Inc. Thanks for joining me, Sean. Thanks, Cooper. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So is the W. William, by the way? It is William. It, it is, is William. William. Yes. You Williams, you love the W. My- love the Williams. Well, I, yeah. So my, I'm the, I'm the, like the third of five Williams, but no one goes by William. They all go by middle names in my family for some reason, and they're all different. So it's a- Really? Yeah, there's um I'm the only non-William actually in my family, to be honest. <laughs> but the, the middle name is uh Chester, which I feel like that's probably the reason why nobody goes by that. Went with it. Nope. It's like George Foreman. All his kids are George Foreman. It's the same yeah. thing. Yeah. So all right. So okay. Why don't we just dive right in? You know, I think most of my audience knows who you are and probably a little bit about your journey, but maybe there's some people out there that don't. Why why don't you tell me a little bit about your history and how you landed uh, at Algorand? Yeah, sure. So I've been um so I've been at Algorand for about four and a half years. Uh and uh, my whole, you know, sort of professional career was a mix of really two things. One was strategy consulting for seven to Eight years uh, doing that right out of uh, right out of undergrad and through business school, but then it became a tech career where it's been multiple startups, uh, founded a couple of companies, um, worked at scale, uh, went through a bunch of acquisitions, um, but always around tech in various roles: chief operating officer, marketing officer, acquisitions, ecom. And um, the last company I was at uh, was a company called LogMe, and it's now called GoTo. And uh, I was sort of wrapping up my time there and, and um, was looking for the next thing. And the reason it's a little bit relevant to mention that company is they had, it was a product. There was a lot of time spent there thinking about IoT. That was the IoT uh, era where uh, everyone uh, thought it was going to be great because IBM did a commercial about it. And it was really just big data and driving insights from big data. Not unimportant, but not really the next big thing. And I got to see that uh, uh, firsthand and thought, well, what is the next big thing? And it just struck me that, you know, I've been involved in, in Bitcoin and, and looking at, um, you know, cryptocurrencies and blockchain and thought if someone could make these more performant, like that could be the next thing. And uh, as fate would have it, I got introduced to uh, Steve Kokinos, uh, who is a former CEO. And uh, ironically, we'd been in Boston our whole lives that had never met, but we hit it off and, uh, uh, he had just connected up with Silvio McCalley, who is the Turing Award winner. Obviously, people know that and the founder of, of Algorand. And um, once I got to know the tech a bit and the team and the background and obviously met Silvio, it struck me that it just confirmed that to me blockchain was going to be or had the potential to be the right blockchain to be the next sort of infrastructure for financial exchange. Uh, and uh, so I jumped on uh, early and, uh, and the rest is history. Yeah. Well, early four and a half years. I mean, that is very early, right? I mean, how, how long were they at it before you even got there? Uh, months. I mean, like, so, well, I take that back Silvio and some of the original found, you know, the original contributors to the, the technical paper had known each other for quite some time and, and had, had been thinking about it for a bit of time. But in terms of the company itself, uh, really starting in months, um, you know, it was, uh, late, maybe late 2017 timeframe, um, mm-hmm. and really early 2018, uh, was really when things started to get some traction. Cool. So it was pretty close to the beginning. Yeah. yeah. And so, okay. You mentioned Steve Kokinos and, as the CEO and recently you have just, uh, replaced him as the new CEO, correct? Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, Steve is correct. So, I mean, I've stepped in and I was asked a question before about, you know, how's the transition been? And I think the short answer is, 
I have a luxury of having been here for a long time. And um, there were, uh, it's been a, a, a pretty seamless step. Uh, mm-hmm. Although, you know, the breadth of conversations and the variety of conversations is a bit wider than it was before. But, uh, you know, relationship with, with Silvio and the team and with Steve, you know, all, all it's, it's great. And so I feel like it's, uh, it's a fun new chapter. Yeah. Um, you, your, you know, your Twitter bio, it says I CEO, you know, so I guess that's interim CEO. It sounds like you work at, like, did Apple acquire, you know, no, I'm trying out, uh, I'm trying out that as, as branding. And my, my comment to everyone that asked about it was, isn't every CEO an interim CEO? I mean, at the I end mean, of the right. day, you're just following the last person and you're before the next person. It's just a question of how long that is. So, uh, I intend to be here for a while and, um, you know, I'm pretty happy with how things are going. Absolutely. So, I mean, and I'm noticing that there, I mean, I think everybody's noticing there is a bit of a shakeup happening at Inc. You are um, now the CEO. Kelly left for um, for Arrington. I, I think you were also pretty close with Kelly, correct? Because she has been there forever. <laughs> so Kelly, Kelly will hate this, but I always say we've, we've worked together for three decades and she goes, well, I'm not that old and that's true. But mathematically we, we met in the late two thousands and, uh, and then we, we we worked again together in the you know 2010 to 2020, and obviously at Algorand late 2020 yeah. to now or, or late 2010s to now. So um, yeah, I, Kelly's great. You know, yeah. um, I think we are uh, you know incredibly close to her as a company, and I you know I think she's fantastic, and um, and I think she's going to do great things at Arrington. Cool. Cool. And I guess my last question about the inner workings of Inc. is, you know, how how closely do you work with Silvio? How how hands on is he with, uh, you know, the operations at Inc.? Yeah, well, well, operations at Inc. I would say that uh, the answer to the first part of the question is incredibly closely. Yeah. I mean, I would we speak. I don't even keep track of the number of times we talk every day. So it's it's oh, wow. very, very active. He is um, deeply involved in. Um, very aware of the business, brilliant, you know, man. And, and so, um, you know, one of the things I've said publicly a number of times is, you know, there are people that paid a lot of money to go to MIT and learn from Silvio. uh, And, uh, and I get to do that every day. And, um, you know, it's my job. So I, uh, I'm, I'm pretty lucky. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, it, it is so incredible. I mean, just listening to that guy speak and, the amount of people that are in, you know, the ecosystem in DeFi, in the re- in the discords with me that came to Algorand because of Silvio's interview with Lex Friedman is it is like Amazing. that that single interview was yeah. a very effective uh, marketing tool. That's for sure. Yes, it was. It was. It was great. <laughs> All right, cool. And actually, speaking of marketing, um, you also, you know, in your history, going through your LinkedIn and everything, is that that's something that you have been. Um, You've worked on in the past at previous companies. I mean, that's not your focus here. But um, what you know, I was on Twitter just recently, and there's a guy from Crypto Twitter. He's pretty, uh, you know, he's an established enough guy. David uh, David Gokstein. Gokstein, thank you. And he tweeted, "If Algorand had better branding and marketing, it'd be you know a top five cryptocurrency uh, right now today." That's um, that's what he was saying, and he tweeted that today. What is? I mean, what's your opinion? What's your take on that? I type think, of well, I think his tweet was you know, that Algorand needs more better branding. And then he said, okay. uh, marketing is key. I don't think he predicted where we would end up. Um, okay. I think, look, so I would split this with in two ways uh, because um, one is, you know, let's talk about marketing in, in the blockchain crypto space. A lot of people will, will talk about marketing as, you know, hype and, um, you know, flash and, there's a lot of ways that in new industries that people can generate quote marketing uh, to appeal to the sort of broader participants in those industries. A dumb example would be um, it, look at old ads for the gold rush. Uh, look at old ads for, uh, you know, look at the ads in the early days of the internet. You know, there's a lot of people that have no trouble with sensationalism and where facts uh, should not get in the way of a good story. Um, and it's especially acute in new spaces as marketing, sadly, can be used to cover flaws. Uh, and, and I mean, you could see that in established industries, too. You know, there's there's very large tech companies who say who because they have the heft can say that, oh, our product does that. 
And then mm-hmm. it doesn't, but they, you know, try to build it and they, they use the brand to kind of, you know, as a salve to, to, you know, soothe all wounds. And the reason I use that is that in, in the space we're in right now, I think it's evolving towards a place where um, the, the real players are going to start to be separated from the pretenders. And tech is certainly one way that's going to happen, technical issues. And, but, but the other way is that you can only uh, you know, keep aloft a narrative for so long. It becomes exhausting if it's disconnected disproportionately from the facts. Marketing right. can always stay a little bit ahead. So why am I giving you that context, which you know people may find a bit pedantic? But um, the context there is that I think one, um, yeah, I think anyone could could uh, could do better in the marketing front. Algorand has always said that we're focusing on the tech, and we think that the tech ultimately, uh, along with good partnerships and just good execution and taking a long term view of what value creation means. Those types of things done well will put you in a position to not just survive, but thrive in the future. And um, so that's the angle we've taken. It's to promote the partners, uh, to not overstate, uh, to be very factual in our approach. Um, And we do almost no pure label slapping. You know, we don't throw our name up on an arena and and hope and by the way maybe that's not the right strategy and people could always argue you should but at the end of the day we've said look all of our partnerships need to be based and grounded in technical execution and partners uh with uh people that are interested in in being on the cutting edge of innovation and tech so my take on marketing is that marketing and how it's done is going to evolve along with the tech um there's going to be less of a gap between the the noise and the signal Mm -hmm. and uh, over time, and I would think with a number of the partnerships that we've engaged in, um, including most recently FIFA, as an example, um, right. we're going to step into our own and redefine how marketing should be thought about in an industry that's really now beyond its infancy. Um, yeah. it, it should be moving into young adulthood in terms of you know cool, hip young adults, but but young adults nonetheless, where we're looking for real value and substance. And I think the marketing approach should reflect that. Got it. So you're saying that there's no future Algorand phone. Is that what you're saying? There's going to be no Algo phone? Um, no, I, I don't. We're, we're going to, we've decided to go into, uh, into wind farms. That's not true, by the way. That's not true. That is That's not, not true. true. No wind farms. No, no wind, wind farms. farms. We are sticking to the, the uh, tech development and uh, really building uh, great, great partnerships with, uh, with, our, uh, with companies in our ecosystem. Right. Well, as somebody that kind of, entered into the space, I mean, obviously through Bitcoin and Ethereum at the beginning, and then really trying to find something that made sense to me with maybe a little more of a conservative mindset towards the space. It was the tech that brought me in too. So I think that there's a lot of people, but then once you get here and you're upset about the price and then you see right. like some other thing pump, it's like, oh, the market, you know, people start to pile on on like they need to brand this better or something. But. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I would also say that, uh, yeah, I, I hear that. I hear that. And I, I think, you know, we we did the Times Square, you know, Times Square takeover was done and the foundation was involved with that. And and, uh, you know, I think we've we've we're able to make better decisions about how we want to start to expand on our brand and the awareness than if we had just pushed, you know, brand label money into the, you know, broader uh, economy and, and just hoped people would be aware of us. I'm right. willing to hear criticism of the approach. I mean, that's fine, but it was an intentional decision uh, for a number of reasons that we took to focus on the tech and really work, work the long game. Well, right. And then the Times Square takeover is emphasizing the environmental friendliness of Algorand, which is absolutely critical to institutional adoption. And then, you know, Algorand showing up in different stadiums, not on the outside of the stadium, but inside the stadium, it seems like, you know, clearly you mentioned FIFA, that Algorand's also connected Gotham FC and, you know, the the boats and, um, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot with Algorand and sports as well. So I think that this is, yeah, go ahead. No, there is, you're right. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, speaking of FIFA, I imagine that there are things coming soon that you're not going to be able to tell me, and I understand that. But um, maybe 
well, first, why don't we just kind of rewind that for a second and say, how did FIFA actually land, you know, as Algorand as our digital asset partner? How did that, what's that? Yeah, story? great. And I want to make one comment on the previous, previous statement. I would say that um, all of the partnerships that you mentioned, the branding partnerships have a technical component to them. So, so that's ties to FIFA. So again, like they're great examples. DRL is a number of another yeah. example. Um, these are technical partnerships that also have the sponsorship. And so again, that's been our, been our approach. So FIFA, right. it's interesting. FIFA, um, uh, several things came to, uh, to bear with FIFA. FIFA did a, an exhaustive uh, review of, of blockchain technologies. Um, they, you know, we were fortunate enough to be included in that review. And then um, as part of the consideration and process that, that was put in place, um, they looked at which partner they felt like given their priorities, uh, both for technical development, fan engagement, all of those things, gave them the most you know, flexibility, optionality, and, and confidence in successful execution. I'm, you know, for, I mean, and at the end of the day, I think that as a result of, of that evaluation and we were chosen, um, we entered into you know, a formal longer term technical partnership with FIFA. And oh, by the way, you know, there's a World Cup year. So mm-hmm. we're, you know, we're, we're involved there as well, which is um, interesting and amazing. And I'm a big football fan. And, and so uh, so I'm excited about that. But um, but it really it came through that sort of evaluative process. And then, of course, you know, having Silvio as your founder um, and and, you know, being so well known over in Europe and in Italy in particular, uh, that didn't hurt. Um, no. And I think a number of those things came together and we were fortunate enough to be uh, be able to partner with them. Real quick on a side note, and I'm going to continue. Did Italy even qualify for the World Cup? No, sadly, they did not. Uh, they lost. I think they lost to Portugal, if I'm, I'm remembering it correctly, uh, in a playoff. And um, they did, ironically, though, win the Euros. Uh, so, the, oh, so they won the European Championships, and then they, they qualify. It's a, a bit of a sore point, as you can imagine, inside the halls uh, of Algeria. <laughs> yeah. And I, did, I don't think they qualified last World Cup either. Is this oh, two? Oh, they did. Okay, okay. So yeah. this maybe I'm just remembering this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're gonna you just have to you're gonna have to root for the U.S. Right? I always root for the U.S. Uh, U.S. Yeah, is a, I, I feel pretty good about the U.S. and they got a great draw yeah. this year. So it's gonna be very oh, politically very interesting draw. I mean, you got England, Iran, and uh, Wales. So that's a that's oh, a cool group. Cool that group. is a cool group. And uh, we got that we got that guy that's actually successful in the Premier League. What's his name? Christian. Christian, Christian Pulisic. Pulisic yeah. with Chelsea. Pulisic. Yeah, he's great. He's great. Yeah. Okay. Are you testing so- me, Cooper? Are you testing me? <laughs> Ask me another question about football. I'm, yeah. I think I'm doing. You're like I'm ready. I mean, these are these were I know. Prepared, that's all I know. So, like, I follow I know Arsenal, little. like just for what it's worth as well. That's the other. You, you follow Arsenal. All right. So when uh, Al Grand all over Arsenal, like what's going on? What's so? What, why so slow? You know yeah. why? As soon as they want to implement some technical uh, technical uh, yeah. products, we're going to be right there for them. Well, see, this is what I was so excited about when I heard about FIFA. Of course, it's exciting because FIFA, you know, they've got the largest video game out there, really, um, which uh, that contract ended. That's not for this conversation, I guess. But uh, yeah, it's just I mean, it was a huge deal and a sp- even just a sponsorship deal would be cool. But then you dive in and you say, well, no, Algorand's actually part of this deal is handling the digital assets. And you said it's a long-term partnership, correct? Yeah, it's a long-term partnership. And I wouldn't say digital assets. There's a number of, certainly there, there's it's a long-term technical partnership. And right. there's a bunch of priorities that they have, you know, FIFA has. And one of the things they've said publicly is they want, you know, they love transparency. They want more transparency. They want more fan engagement. Um, you know, they want to evolve the, the, the brand and I'm not speaking for them, but, right. but I think these are things that have been communicated by, by, uh, Johnny Infantino. And, and I, I think, you know, it resonated nicely with what we talk about in terms of our tech. Um, so we're excited about a lot of different things that we have the potential to do with them. Yeah. Well, do you mind kind of expanding a little bit on what maybe you think are potential things you could do? Or uh, I'm trying to be sneaky here. I, I know. Somewhere. I know. You know what I'm going to do? <laughs> I, I'm going to I'm going to just deflect only because okay. you know, I would just say there's some we I get asked this question. I'll rephrase it. 
you know, how often are you engaging with FIFA to discuss these things? And I would say we are, as an organization, almost daily in connection with them on a number of different ideas. And so, and that's, so, so we're, we're excited, but I, I'm just not going to go into water when because. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no, no water when, Uh, I mean, I guess the last question I'll ask you about um, FIFA is so from what I'm hearing now is that the world cup this year is kind of the first step of this partnership of, um, of you and FIFA or Algorand and FIFA. Well, I think uh, the way I would think about it is the World Cup is is obviously it's a you know, it's a critical milestone for FIFA, right? I mean, it's it's you know every four years, and um, and so uh, and and then there's the Women's World Cup, uh, you know, that follows after that, which is also a big event for them. But the right. this this event is obviously very important, and it, it's not really the fir- like we've started the first steps. I think yeah, um, it's this is a it's just a milestone on the journey, is how I would frame it. Got it. And then the flagship Algorand event, the second annual uh, Decipher. Decipher right. is in Dubai at the same time as the World right. Cup um, right. in Qatar. Is it Qatar? Is that how you say Qatar. it? Yeah, Qatar yeah, or Qatar. Qatar, depending on where you're from. Sure. Okay, sure. So both of those are right. I had yep. somebody correct me and, and say Qatar. That's why I did that. Um, but uh, yeah, so that, I mean, that's at the same time. Are you planning on attending Decipher in Dubai? Yes, I will be yep. there. I'm going to be speaking. Uh, and we have... Um, uh, and I'll also be going to some of the World Cup matches, which will be great. Yeah. Are you going to actually take the trip to be there at live or? Live. I mean, because it overlaps. So the yeah. the D- Decipher is is uh, December 28th to the 30th or something like that, or November 28th to the 30th, which is right in the middle of the, the World Cup. And yeah. uh, so it's, it's, it's a quick puddle jumper over to, uh, to, uh, to uh, Qatar when, um, when you're in Dubai. Yeah, little, it's probably right. not a puddle jumper, but it's it's an hour and a half, two hour flight, not too bad. Oh, so that's real close. I mean, that's an exciting. I mean, the end of November, early December, this is an exciting time for uh, Algorand, right? I mean, yes. this just it, it feels it's it feels like an exciting time. It is. Um, yeah, <laughs> it is. So, all right, what about um, you know? Okay, so there's also another sentiment out there that maybe I'll ask you about, and it's basically the idea is is like, look, great tech doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what only the only thing that really matters is that a killer app, an app that people just have to use. Like you have great tech, whatever. It it doesn't matter. Like, what's the app? Do you what what do you say to that? I would say the tech, um, the tech doesn't matter till it does. Yeah. So if. If you're a, you know, a financial institution that is, you know, sending you know, digital assets to your partners, companies, or have retail customers who are sending digital assets to another. And um, they don't arrive. Uh, The system goes down uh, for 24 hours. Um, You know, you do great damage regardless of your app. Um, You know, look at, you just follow Twitter for for products that have stopped working. I mean, I, I do remember... There was a moment, and it may have been 18 months ago, and this isn't a knock on anything, but there was a couple of data centers with AWS that I think had some problems in the Northeast. And if right. you remember, there were a lot of problems where, you know, companies that were relying on those data centers while, you know, AWS got them back going, they had a lot. I mean, the, the influx of, of, you know, calls and feedback was not great, and it undermines confidence. So right. I would say that, the, the, you know, the tech doesn't matter till it does. And if you have great tech and you have people that want to build on tech that they don't want to compromise and, and have it somehow undermine their business model, you yeah. start attracting more developers. You start attracting more people who develop killer apps. So I would say we want our tech and the way we are accessible to people to be such that we have a higher proportion of the next generation of great innovators deciding to come build on us and therefore a disproportionate number of killer apps. So I think it's a hand in glove thing. I don't think it's one or the other. Right. Yeah, I mean, I was I uh, talked to Fractal Monsters. They're they're making a play to earn game on Algorand right now. It's really a really attractive game. And I asked him a similar question. He goes, well, we couldn't build the game on a lot of these other blockchains. It's just like we need to feed our sure. monster an apple. It can't sure. take eight minutes for the monster to, you know, eat the apple sure. <laughs> or whatever. 
or a few minutes even, or even, or Or the the monster starts eating the apple and then it freezes and then you, yeah, then the the game's over. (laughs) Yeah, that's not fun either. Who wants to do that? No, that doesn't sound like a killer app. That does not sound like a killer app. Uh, that's funny. Okay, so speaking of tech, there's a lot of exciting tech upgrades coming, right? I mean, we've been we've been hearing about them. State proofs. Yeah. I think we're seeing that be released at any moment, or has it happened? Or you know, that's going to be. I would say you don't you. It's go check I'm Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm excited. And, all right, and then um, and we all know what that can do for interoperability. Maybe maybe we don't all know. So what are yeah. you so excited about with uh, state proofs? Well, I mean, if you think about it, state proofs, it's a few things. It is the beginning of, I think you said, you know, uh, interoperability in a new way. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, state proofs are, you know, compatible and could be adaptable with any other chain. Um, you don't have to hardwire anything in to build sort of, you know, traditional bridges um, they use, uh, you know, zero knowledge snarks, which essentially reduces the signature, or the contract that's required in order to verify a transaction is legitimate from one chain to the next. So you keep it small in terms of the data and the footprint. You keep the, the fees lower if you're interacting with a chain where there's fees. So it just really removes a bunch of, of barriers to um, being able to uh, exchange and remove friction that exists in the systems today. And I think by having this more decentralized view of, um, of how people can go from one economic protocol to another, uh, I think it's really what you've seen in the evolution of other vibrant economies. Very few economies that put a wall around themselves and don't you know, work with others, uh, they usually suffer. And the people in that economy suffer. Um, And we certainly want to be more of the public permissionless, open, uh, non, uh, you know, inclusive and, you know, non friction laden protocol. And so I see state proofs as being a first step, you know, a a real meaningful step, not a first step, but a substantive step towards that. Um, Also, you know, I know that there's a lot of, uh, I'll just address it directly with you, uh, Cooper, but you know, there's a lot of people that are like, hey, you know, this was said and this was supposed to happen and where is it? And right. um, even including, you know, TPS and performance. And, and I think you know, it's, a, you know, it's a fair question. There, there's one of the things that we've again decided coming back to my comment up front was we want to make sure the tech is, is going to do what it says and, you know, continue our, our run at this point of, of zero downtime since the moment we launched because that's how we built it. And so I think, um, you know, sometimes things, things are planned and then there's other priorities and sometimes, you know, they take a little longer to get them right. But I would say I'm very excited about uh, the, uh, f- a number of the things that we have coming out um, in, in very shortly. Yeah, I, I spoke with John Woods, the new CTO over at the foundation recently, and um, he was fantastic, by the way. And he, yeah. he also made the point that he's like, well, you know, currently when we're talking about TPS, Algorand can handle all the transactions it needs to handle. So yeah. the the rush, you know, you want to get these things right, and there's no need to have twenty five thousand transactions per second at the moment. You know. Well, and by the way, on this one, like this is one of my stump speeches, but I, I won't. I'll give you the <laughs> the short version of it. Is that you know I think we need we need to hold people in the community and people not just uh, not saying Algorand, but in the blockchain community to a bit of a higher standard. If you want to talk about marketing hype, right. Um, a transaction is not a transaction is not a transaction. You right. can send microscopic, minimal data transactions to uh, anyone, anywhere at a high rate of speed uh, and say you do 60,000 transactions per second. Um, okay, but then when you put smart contracts in or you actually do real transactions, um, it slows things down dramatically for people that tend to like those numbers. Um, yeah. There's also transaction finality which is, you know, you know, is it something that is final or does it take a while to settle or do you have to go back in time to verify it? And if you have downtime, does that factor into your calculation on transactions per second? Because it should. If you're a baseball player and you, you don't get a hit for 30 straight games, your average goes down. You don't get to restart your average 
you know, back where it was. So I feel like, um, I feel like there's a lot of TPS to me is one of the great marketing ploys and um, is used to drive excitement without necessarily being rigorous around the definition and how you look holistically on security, decentralization, finality to determine what that actually is for people. And I think it's done as as a, as a marketing tool. Um, And to your point, you know, when we go to 6,000, uh, that's more than anyone. I mean, you know, it's not, we're not stopping, but that's, it's pretty good volume. And, uh, especially if it's smart contracts and it's any type of transaction, uh, at, yeah. at that same, at that same speed. Absolutely. And, you know, speaking of TPS as a marketing tool, another one that people like to use is TVL. And I think that that's another one that is pretty TVL easily tough. manipulated. That one's an easily, yeah. mani- I mean, we see, we see it in the news these days. I keep on throwing shade at a certain project, <laughs> but right, right. I mean, yeah. Well, the thing, <laughs> but, the thing that I, I mean, again, again, you can take a certain, uh, you know, culturally you can take decisions, you can make easy decisions or you can make tough decisions and you can, you know, play the long game. But I always say TPS in particular, it's like, look, I, I could, I could make, if someone shot me out of a cannon, I could go hundred miles an hour, but I'd probably hit a wall. That's not what I want to have at the end of it. Right. So at the end of right. the day, uh, you can make, you know, statistics and numbers are, uh, are unfortunately uh, manipulate, manipulate, manipulatable. Manipulatable. All right. Um, OK. And, you know, speaking to John Woods, he, he is coming over from um, Cardano. He was the, the head of architecture at Input Output Hong Kong. And I know that you're um, you spent a lot of time in Wyoming. And correct me if I'm wrong. But do I remember, and, I, and I've looked for this picture and I couldn't find it. Have I ever seen you on a horse next to Charles Hoskinson? Does that picture exist? <laughs> well, no. No, it, it doesn't. It, okay. You're, 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 um, you're uh, conflating. But yeah, <laughs> okay. so I, I, spend, I spend a bunch of time in Wyoming and uh, I, you know, we love it. And uh, Charles is also in Wyoming. He's in a different part. And uh, there was an exchange of pictures on Twitter between me and Charles. Charles, I think, I don't remember if he was standing with a horse or on a horse, but then I sent, I tweeted out my picture. And I would say, look, I I have a lot of respect for Charles. Um, You know, uh, they, he's been nothing but supportive of Algorand and um, I find him to be just a a really good guy. So it's, it's a nice to have bonded over one of the 50 States on a, even a, and I say bonded loosely, like connected on a, at least yeah. a very minor uh, way. Right. And I fire, and this was a while ago. And I remember people seeing that exchange and being like, Oh, is there something here? Is um, Algorand talking to, uh, and then I was talking to John and he's like, well, yeah, there could be, you know, state proofs and they already use a uh, VRF over at Cardano. So Clearly, Charles has shown an admiration for Silvio and Algorand, yeah. and which you know it says something about him. He doesn't have to do that; he could be competitive. I, I couldn't, and not I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, cool. Or how do you see this? Well, let me ask this question. So, the future is probably multi-chain, correct? I mean, that's is that where sure. that's a sure. safe bet. That's a safe bet, right? So, you know, you're you're newly appointed to be the CEO. I'm sure part of getting a job like that, even though you've been there from the beginning and it's an easy transition. One of the first steps or one of the first thoughts has got to be like, how do I take this thing to the next level, right? Like, how do I help? What what can I do to help this escalate a bit? Now, yep. in a future multi-chain world, where do you see Algorand situated in that? And, um, you know, how do you personally, what are the thoughts in your head personally about kind of taking Algorand to that next level? Yeah, so it's a good question. So the, the, at, at a high level, I think one of the one of the blessings and the curses of being you know public, permissionless, and you know very efficient and and with low fees is that you you attract a lot of interest from a lot of different sectors and um, and it, it's very easy given the size of the opportunities, the visibility opportunities to pursue everything. Mm -hmm. And so you get into this classic dilemma of how do you, you know, say yes. And how do you say no to certain areas where you want to focus, especially when, again, we, we hope to be, you know, the world's part of the world's infrastructure for financial exchange. And so if you think about our exchange of values, if you think about that, 
why did I start there? Because you know, early days, you look at all the different protocols, they're all you know, really fighting for, for attention and, and trying to attract legitimate uh, businesses uh, and, and legitimate hefty projects. And so Algorand, I think we found a lot of, of gravitational pull in a bunch of areas, but I don't think we've done as you know, candidly as a good a job as we can back to the branding and saying like, here's where we're planting a couple of, of stakes in the ground and placing our bets. And I think mm-hmm. we've started to tip our hands slightly uh, if people are watching where it's, well, one, one theme that I think we're uniquely suited to focus on is the sort of bridging from web two to web three, you know, or web one to web three, however you want to define web one and web two to web three, where we have a lot of, you know, you could look at, at, you know, the work that we're doing with a number of the partners I've mentioned before with several governments, you know, Banca d'Italia announced that they're, you know, leveraging uh, Algorand's infrastructure that came out a couple of weeks ago, the government of Nigeria, you know, and so you start saying, wow, I think we're uniquely suited because of the fact that the tech is performant, uh, it's secure, it increases, it doesn't decrease the, you know, expectations or the user's experience. Um, and if you follow that logic, I think we're uniquely positioned to be that bridge, especially when you start talking about DeFi, where, you know, if you just look at the total value locked, you go to DeFi Llama and look it all up. I mean, there are banks in the world that if they just started issuing mortgages or, you know, asset backed securities, it would start to dwarf the TVL. I mean, you're, we're so early that yeah. um, I think that Algorand as a second area of focus, really DeFi has always been talked about, but in particular, I think it's credible DeFi. It's, it's con- bringing the traditional financial institutions to web three. So again, that bridge touches there. And, and we also know that, um, you know, and, and the, the sort of public uh, review of uh, public uh, discussion around Napster, you know, we see the creator economy uh, as ripe in certain places for disruption. And we certainly see music as center of that, uh, that target. And um, if you think about it, uh, we think we're, again, uniquely positioned to help really dive in that. So if you think bridging as a theme across the board, Web 2 to Web 3, with a focus on you know, DeFi and a focus in sort of the, the creator economy, I see us being really players in that space. Yeah. Well, you know, you look at a lot of different chains, a lot of different, all of them out there, and and then you compare it to Algorand. It seems silly to me that m- not more people are looking at this because there actually are real things happening at Algorand. There, you talked about it, Nigeria, uh, the bank in in Italy, um, El Salvador. Um, there's a lot of these kind of huge things happening, and Algorand's actually creating value and and doing things. What? You know, another topic from a long time, you know, people have been talking about CBDCs on Algorand for forever, since the beginning of me paying attention. That there was a time when there was no DeFi and it was just speculation on CBDCs. And it wasn't even that long ago. The the progress is pretty incredible. But what I mean, maybe just on a general note, I'm not being like, oh, is Brazil putting their CBDC on Algorand? But is on a, what are your thoughts about CBDCs and their kind of position you know, compared to possibly like USDC and, and all of that, um, you know, do you yeah. have a, a, pers- a yeah, my, my, look, my, my, I'm going to probably give you a less satisfying answer than you'd want, but I, I'll try to be at least give how I think about it. Okay. Um, one thing again, that I, I know people do know this, so I'm not saying it in a way to say that it's a big, you know, I've cracked the atom here, but we know, you know, governments and politics globally are complicated and ever-changing things. And so, uh, and, you know, I, there are moments when governments can act very quickly and decisively and help and be innovative. But the, I don't think anyone, if you said, you know, give me a list of the most innovative, you know, organizations that you know, I, I can't imagine government would be in the top 10, you know, I'm so, I, I, and that's not a put down, it's a fact, right? So it's not yeah. really... Um, and so why do I say that? Because, you know, when you start to engage with, with countries, it's, it's not as if, you know, let's say someone came and said, well, you, we want to launch a, a CBDC and, 
you know, we'd like to work with Algorand and all of a sudden it's just, oh, as soon as Algorand builds it, it's ready to go. Like that's not how it works. And in fact, you know, projects start, they stop, they, they evolve, um, they move to different things. And so my perspective on CBDCs are at some point they'll come. Um, yeah. uh, and, you know, I think that, that, that uh, you know, if you told me when, I don't know, three to five years, maybe there'll be someone who really steps in and, and takes the lead. Uh, you know, you could argue that El Salvador's position of Bitcoin being a currency there, uh, you know, maybe they'll launch their own currency. But there are movements of, of digital asset usage and adoption that is really starting first. And that's what I think you're seeing in like El Salvador. That's what you're seeing in, in Nigeria. That's what you're seeing in Italy. That's what you're seeing around the world. And we think that's a good sign of um, forward progress towards maybe a future where there are CBDCs. But, but again, these things happen at the pace of the government or nation that is interested. Right. Uh, not necessarily at the pace of the technology. Exactly. Okay. And then um, I guess I'll, I'll ask this question. You know, um, Algorand says that they've solved the trilemma, right? And there's just one thing that people bring up. And when they talk about decentralization and the relay nodes, right? So what is your, you know, I, I mean, I'm sure that those could be less permissioned and um, and that's the track, but what's your kind of rebuttal to people saying, well, Algorand's not uh, truly decentralized? Um, I just don't think people are doing their research. I mean, right. you know, there's thousands of nodes, there's, you know, um, you know, Algorand itself, and we've been publicly committed that, you know, we'll never have, you know, more than 50% of the net. And there's no way for us to, first of all, we, we wouldn't be mathematically anyway, but at the end of the day, you know, we, we don't take a, a primary position. Um, and by the way, because it's permissionless and it's so easy to run these, I mean, anyone can run a node. There's nothing right. that's getting in the way of that. So I do think that, um, you know, and by the way, we're committed to continuing um, that process. I think ideally there's more and more people that participate. And, uh, you know, I, I believe we're, we're highly decentralized, to be honest with you. And, and mm -hmm. we feel pretty comfortable with, by the way, you know, with the trajectory that we're on there, too. Cool. Now, this is going to be a tough one. And I apologize for asking this. All right. Uh -oh. But this is um, you dropped a bomb on the community and it's um, a few days ago. And I don't even know if you realized it. And maybe I missed the explanation of this, but you posted a hawk as your profile picture and said it was from Algawana. Now, what is going on there? <laughs> I, I, I said this is a, it's a bit. So, you know, I, I have a number of NFTs. Um, I've always I've always, it's just a long thing about a hawk. And and uh, and I had conversations with people about this and the Algawana uh, folks were kind enough to say in honor of the new job, you okay. know, we wanted to create uh, this for you. And of course the Hawk, I got actually, I was asked by Kelly Callahan of all people today, why is it green? Well, it's green because Algorand's green. And I'm yeah. like, didn't you run marketing at Algorand yeah. for a while? It was one of those things, but I, yeah, I was giving her a hard time, but anyway, I, yeah. I, um, so I, you know, that's the, that's the story. That's the story. That's the story. And, so they, um, they, you love a, a good Hawk and um, they're celebrating the your, is, your promotion. The Hawk is great. And they said that they'd send it over and uh, they were very gracious to do that. And um, so right. I, I put it as the, the Twitter picture. Nice. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Uh, so this is, um, and if you haven't told, uh, if you, you can't tell, I'm uh, transitioning to the hardball uh, section of the interview. Another uh -oh. thing that I heard today, and I think it was in the spaces today, and I think you got cut off. Michael Arrington was talking to you and then you weren't able to respond. So I want to give you, you know, your opportunity to respond to him. Now, I believe what he had said was, which I had no idea. So you're a professional like this. You're a very serious pickleball player. Is this true? Okay. So uh, here's the thing. I really enjoy playing pickleball. And I told him we were chatting backstage. I don't know how long ago, a year ago. And I shared that with him. And, um, and he, he then proceeded to start to tell people that I was a professional pickleball player. Now, <laughs> I, like I would say guy. that I may, like, if, you know, I show up and, and I'm playing against someone, I feel like I could hold my own and do just fine. Right. Uh, and I might win a little money, uh, you know, maybe hey. a little, uh, 
a little uh, ringer action, but I would I'll say see. that, um, but I, but look, I, he just loves to make that statement. And he even, I think he even said it like, oh, this is the thing we always do. And I'm like, Oh, here we go. Like here professional comes. pickleball player. I think I could beat I, Michael Arrington though. I will tell you that. I, I have, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to put my money on you there, especially since you're a pro. And I think his question was, is how do you continue, you know, your, your pickleball career and run Algorand? So I, I guess the, uh, I guess well, you can handle it. I, I, I will say this, that there was a area of our home that uh, the kids used quite a lot when they were playing sports growing up. And let's just say that it's been adapted for another purpose. Yeah. Uh, so I get a fair bit of practice in uh, right nearby. Nice. Okay. So you're, you're, <laughs> you don't have to travel far. I will no. say about pickleball, the uh, tennis courts across the street from my house have been completely taken over by pickleball. I mean, yeah. it's kind of an intense, this sport is growing. I didn't, I mean, I'd heard of pickleball, but now yeah. it's like, this it, is the thing. I also, I love that we're talking about this, but I would just say this, like it, I, it's the fastest growing sport in North America at this point. And yeah. um, there, if you take, if, if someone in here is like a, a you know, a council, council person for a town that has all these tennis courts that aren't used, turn them into pickle courts, they will be full. Yeah, uh, and sure. it's, it's a situation where, um, you know, it's just a fun game. It's great exercise. And, and the, the thing about it, not that you really care Cooper, but the thing about it is that, you know, a lot of sports, like if you're going to try to play ice hockey, you don't know how to skate. Like it's, you got to really want to learn, right? I mean, it's going to take yeah. a while and you're going to feel horrible for a while. Pickle, yeah. You kind of get out there and you can hit the ball and now to get right. good, you got to really play a lot, but you, people don't feel incompetent. And so it's a pretty appealing thing. And by the way, I think the average age is like under 30 now. I mean, it's all these former tennis players that yeah. are coming in and kicking the old people out like me. Yeah, that's actually a good point. I I do care. And I like that point of like, that's such a nice thing that you don't feel incompetent uh, when you yeah. when you start playing. And by the way, this is kind of a, a rough transition, but I do notice that Algorand and Algorand DeFi specifically is, the, is a lot of people's first experience with DeFi. And I feel like it's actually you know, it's user-friendly and it's fast. And then I feel like when people come, they are like, whoa, whoa you know, Jesus, yeah. like everything yeah. moves quick. It's yeah. practically free. If you're moving around things, like it never costs you a bunch of money, a bunch of gas. It's, you know, it's obviously the place to be. Well, I mean, but- it's certainly, it's not that rough of a transition. The way I would say it is that, um, you know, there's room for continued user experience improvements across blockchain and, and in general. I mean, by the way, the amount of, of innovation on that front since four and a half years ago is crazy. Like you had to, what you had to go through in, you know, 2018, 2017 was insane. So I would say that, you know, plenty of room there. And I agree. I mean, you know, we want to make things easy for people and give people tools so that they feel like they can, they understand it and they can do great things with it. Yeah. And I think something that I, I hear a lot from the people I talk to is that one of the main goals is, is for people to be using blockchain technology and not even know about it. Right. Yeah, you know, I've said that a bunch. That's a very wise statement. Very yeah, wise. I think it's good. And um, uh, on one more point, I was in a Twitter spaces recently and Autumn from the foundation, you know, there was like a back and forth about some uh, opinions on, you know, how how you bring more people to Algorand. And she was like, well, of course. And, you know, convincing maybe a Solana Maxi over isn't the easiest thing. But one of the things that the foundation wants to do, and I'm sure Algorand in general is to bring these people that really, you know, don't even know anything about NFTs and stuff and then bring those people in. Because there's a lot more people in the world that don't have any kind of, you know, footprint on blockchain and there's, you know, could be onboarded. Well, right. But I would say that that there's a there's a one to many strategy that I think we've pretty explicitly followed. And again, if you think about FIFA or you think about Napster, these yeah. are one to many, like there are financial institutions with millions of users they you could do one implementation and you've added a million you know people to your environment so i think going on a onesie twosie basis and you know digging trenches and then hoping to gain ground um you know is not the way to go here the real mass adoption is going to be with the technology that people trust and that um, is driven by innovative thinkers in traditional businesses that want to bridge into the Web3 space. Full Absolutely. stop. Full stop. And, you know, something that is 
really compelling that's happening over at the foundation as well is this ACE program and, you know, mm -hmm. all of these different universities and Algorand kind of getting yeah. in there and kind of helping kind of grow the next generation of native blockchain developers. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, Stacy's done a great, Stacy's done great. And, and uh, it's great to see what they're doing over there and how they're, you know, running their, their operation. I think it's, it's super helpful to the community broadly. Yeah. And do, does Inc. and the foundation, do you guys work closely together or you have a good, not at all, pretty separate? No, no, we, we, oh. we have a good relationship. I mean, we, yeah. you know, we, we provided the technology and, and, you know, we continue to innovate on it and, uh, you know, we're a tech company, but, you know, we're clearly a, a key part of the Algorand um, ecosystem and uh, so are they. Um, yeah. But, oh, I think Stacy's great. You know, I, I, I'll see Stacy. We interact every once in a while and um, I think she's doing a great job. Sweet. All right. Final question. Uh, you have a friend. His name is Anthony Scaramucci, and he is um, he's often touting your uh, beauty secrets. Now, I I mean, we got to end this with uh, what are these beauty secrets? And then maybe on a more serious note, how you see um, Anthony, you know, helping this go forward and Skybridge and that that relationship over at Nax the next group and stuff yeah. like that. But first yeah. the beauty secrets. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, he, he says health and beauty. He threw okay. beauty in as a joke because I mean, everyone that's watching this can see that the beauty part is really, uh, is, a, is like being called little John, you know, in, in uh, the, the Robin Hood novels, I would say that um, the health, look, the health thing is exercise a bunch and you just, you know, food is medicine and yeah. read the labels. You know, yeah. if it says, like healthy, it probably isn't, you know, healthy cheese, it is not a good thing. So it's, right. you just have to be really focused and take ownership over what you put into your body. And then, um, and then uh, make sure you get some exercise. It's really yeah. not that hard, but you know, that's but it. The, and he, and your, by the way, Scaramucci went on my diet and he did oh. very well. He still talks about it. So, so that's a trademark it. So your diet is probably, you're cutting out a lot of processed food. Um, a yeah, lot of, it's like, not just that, but it's, a key, it's a keto paleo hybrid. Like I cut dairy, it's low inflammation, high fat and mm -hmm. uh, protein, whatever. But but it has to be, you got to look at the ingredients. Like even power bars, there's hundreds of them and there's maybe only like five that are even worth as a cheat having. Otherwise, you're just eating sugar um, yeah. and junk. So that's it. You know, like I'm trying to, you know, I'm just trying to stay in shape and pickle shape. I need to stay. You got to stay in your pickle shape, pickle shape. <laughs> and then just with, uh, I mean, are you a longtime friend of, uh, Anthony Scaramucci? Uh, longer than 11 days. If he sees that, that's fantastic. <laughs> but he, uh, he's, uh, <laughs> people will get that reference, but I would say that, uh, well, we met as a part of my being at, at Algorand and, uh, oh. we hit it off and, uh, you know, he's been a big supporter and, and he chose to like, this is what he you know, wanted to participate in. And, um, we just hit it off. You know, I, I think he's, uh, he's a straight shooter and, um, you know, he certainly helps with, uh, you know, when you talk about marketing, he's, he's done some nice things and that's it. That's it. And he was kind enough to come on my show. And so were you. And so you thank you so much, uh, Sean. And, um, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Hopefully see you in decipher. We can meet in person yep. and, and it'll be great. I would love that, Cooper. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun.